0: Welcome to the Wheel of Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 16 and 17 of The Eye of the World, The Wisdom, and Watchers and Hunters. Enjoy. All right, welcome to episode nine. Uh, We're getting closer and closer to that big 10 mark. So I'm excited to go into tonight. Uh, We'll be covering, as I said in the the intro, the next two chapters, uh, chapters chapters, uh, 16 and 17 of The Eye of the World. Uh, A couple of quick housekeeping things before we get started. I want to thank everyone who's been listening to us and uh, downloading us. We did hit a thousand downloads before I dropped. this week's episode and of course that's gone way past a thousand at this point so um really happy to hit that thousand dollar i hope i got <laughs> 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 thousand dollars oh, thousand thousand yeah <laughs> thousand download mark um you know that's uh uh you know kind of a little milestone for us there's a new new podcast that uh, shows that people are listening to us uh now all to two thousand hopefully we can hit that in half the time we hit thousand. so as we get more and more listeners um also wanted to quickly say real fast, Jordan Con's rapidly approaching. I think we got like six weeks left, less than that till we're in Atlanta. All three of us are going now. So yep. Woo! Yeah. So so that's going to be fun and exciting. I'm looking forward to a whole lot. I was actually uh, listening to the dusty wheel, which is a live YouTube uh, wheel of time, uh, kind of like a TV show. but It's a YouTube show that you're live once a week. Um, and I was chatting um, in the live chat there uh, with a lot of people going to Jordan Cod and they were, uh, and when I'm on that chat, I chat as the wheel reads. So they recognize the podcast and a lot of our listeners were on there as well. Uh, excited to see us uh, there at Jordan Cod and, uh, um, and looking forward to meeting all of us. Um, other things as well is a, uh, is, is just another challenge out there and I'll probably push this on, on Twitter as well. Cause I'm sure we'll pass this tomorrow, but uh we are actually five followers away from the 300 mark uh, for Twitter followers. So we started at pretty much zero um, you know, uh, at, in January. So we've gone from zero to 300. Almost 300 so we're at 295. So uh, I've been trying to push that hard, trying to get not, especially new, list, new readers um, uh, to, to follow us there so they can see when the episodes get released and, uh, and follow us along um and the last big announcement i have before we move on is uh is i wanted to go ahead and tell you guys about next week. So next week's a big week for us. It's we are 10th episode, so uh excited about that. It also will be our first episode with a guest host. And i'm happy to announce that tonight um uh, for you guys and of course it'll be a week after you guys get to listen to this one, but or that one, but um that'll be the Black Tower podcast. uh at least Andrew from uh, the Black Tower podcast is coming to join us as a guest host. Um, some of the other uh, members of the Black Tower might be coming as well. But um, at least Andrew is. I know um, he's talking to his other co-hosts. We might have more. But I uh, look forward to having them on. And, and, and if you guys are fans of Black Tower, uh, tell everybody else that listens to Black Tower. Come listen to uh, that episode because I'm sure it's going to be lots of fun. So moving on to away from a... To housekeeping to kind of uh last week or what's going on in personal lives uh, i'll start just because i'm talking right now and i'll keep talking um <laughs> so last week i'm um, so good at it I, I know i know thank you thank you uh so i say sure a lot apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. sure, <laughs> sure sure I, 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 sure sure. Sure. <laughs> sure so um so last week uh we had the duper news one city marathon so uh, uh it runs right past my house so I um, uh, got to get the kids outside to go watch the runners go by um, I am not a runner uh, by any means I mean I'll jog every now and then Uh, and I've actually done a, a 10k it's the biggest one I've ever done uh, but a marathon is nothing on my bucket list I have no intention of doing a marathon but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I got to drink mimos- mimosas and watch runners which was very very fun <laughs> well they're in agony at about 20 running past us you know obviously miserable I'm just sitting by a fire pit drinking mimosas so uh, um and, and this weekend is actually our first time without kids uh since my daughter's been born so uh, excited about that my my in-laws are coming in town to watch the kids and my wife and i are getting in a, a hotel room down at uh, virginia beach for the weekend and just doing a little staycation not really staying but local vacation just to get out of the house and get away uh uh because we haven't done that and it we don't do it often enough it's hard to do with kids. So uh, super excited about that. Kind of like a date weekend. So that's it for me. Um, What do y'all going to go next?
1: Uh, So I got, I don't remember if I brought this up in the last podcast, but I definitely mentioned it on discord uh, that I I had a lot of riding. I haven't been on the bike a lot lately, uh, but the weather's finally gotten good. Uh, Had a long weekend chance to ride from Maryland down to Alabama, visit some friends that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, So I did that Friday, and oddly enough, it was when this front was coming across, so it got colder as I went further south that night. So it was like hovering just above freezing that whole trip. It was kind of miserable. (laughs) Um, But I had a good time while I was down there, saw some folks I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Man, just culturally, I know we're in the same country, but it's a world of difference being in the D.C. area versus going down to rural lower lower Alabama. So uh, perfect example, I went into a grocery store, uh, to buy something, uh, there was nobody else in there, and I'm just trying to pay real quick and get out of there. The lady behind the counter talked to me for about a half hour, and <laughs> I know I know her entire family history. I know <laughs> I know the illness that her husband has and when his next appointments are. We talked about grandkids' birthdays. I mean, we're like best friends now. And I was trying to get out the moment I walked in there, but that was a lot of fun. So now, uh, now I'm in Little Rock um, for a couple of days for reserve training. Uh, and then I ride Sunday night uh, and Monday back to Maryland. So that's about another 1,000 miles. So within a week's time, I'll have a little over 3,000 miles on the bike. It's been fun. Uh,
2: that's cool. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm miserable with my drives from Virginia, uh, Newport News, Virginia, to um, Lynchburg, which is only about <laughs> yeah. three and a half hours. <laughs>
1: it's nothing.
2: Four at the most. <laughs> That's including my rest stop. So I'll let y'all you know how much of a pussy I'm about driving. Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah. if, over if, to, if I or- go
1: straight, if I go straight through from Little Rock to Maryland, it takes me just over 16 hours. Now on the bike, I'll have to make more stops, so it'll probably be like 18 or 19 hours. So it's it's a hike. Yeah.
0: So Chris, you know we 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 are driving the Jordan Con. It's like eight hours from here to Atlanta. So.
2: And that's why I told you I take the first leg, so I get to the first two and a half to three hours, and after that, it's all on y'all. Oh,
1: we're... <laughs> too easy, too easy. Uh,
2: but no, I ha- let me start with Wednesday. Um, I'm going to back it up a little bit. Um, for those that have been listening, I've alluded to the fact that I am a Christian, but I am a Baptist. So my church has started something that I'm not really used to, and that's celebrating the Lent season. Um, I know Lent and seasons in general are becoming more popular with the Christian belief um, as we kind of visit some of our um, roots from the Catholic uh, Church but um, this year my church uh, practiced Lent for its second year. I did not participate the first year but this year I did participate in uh, recognizing that so of course we were asked if we were going to fast in any way um, so, this gave me an opportunity to take um, 40 days and remove myself from something. And I decided to remove myself, um, first off, for medical purposes, from uh, carbohydrates again. Um, for those that have listened, I've alluded to how much I weigh. At one point, I was 390 pounds. Now I'm down to 335. Um, trying to drop another 35 pounds in the next six months. So, you know, dropping carbs is something that helps me to really kickstart weight loss. Um, and, you know, I'm allergic to most of that stuff anyway, so I shouldn't be eating it anyway. But I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, but then I also decided to take a hiatus uh, mentally from social media, specifically just Facebook. Like I'm still on Twitter a little bit. Of course, I'm still as active as I always am on discord, which is very little. And I apologize to our listeners. Like if you address me, I will come back at you, but I sit in front of a computer screen all day. So the last thing I want to do when I get home is get back in front of one. But um, I I do appreciate everybody. And please know that I, I, I am as active as I can handle. But the Facebook is something I realized that I was really addicted to. It's so hard when you're sitting there at work and you just have that moment where you just want to do something mind numbing and then you don't have Facebook to do like, so it's only been a week now but I, I've actually found more time in my day to do other more productive things. So that shows you how much I was on Facebook. Sure. <laughs> and then um, on the weekend, like I drove one of my actually most favorite drives, which is to Lynchburg because I coach at a, D3 School, Randolph College out in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I coach track and field, of course. I coach the throws events. We had our conference and we actually did a whole lot better than what we had intended on. We did not come in last. Um, we actually scored points and we're only, we're a young program. We're only in our seventh year of track at the school. We hit some school records. We set some huge personal records. And one girl dropped, um, two and a half minutes off of her five K, which is like five K or ten K. That's huge. Either way, the the one where you run twenty five laps around the track, she dropped two minutes. Oh wow. Off. That's good. Like that's insane. Um she pushed so hard. But anyway, we just had a phenomenal time there and I just you know enjoy my coaching experience with these kids and just looking forward to outdoor season. Um for those that are track leads, holler at me over in the my my section of discord and let me know what your events are and what you love to do. That's actually how Alan and I ended up together. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Through his uh, wife who was on the track squad. So I'm very appreciative of the relationships that track has helped me to build. And uh, anyway, that was my, my weekend and my rant. <laughs> Good
0: day. Good day. Yeah. And also, you know, Chris, you have this week's uh, country or state that we're doing. So so for
2: all of those, I'm looking for somebody from Bosnia. Like I could cheat; I have some Bosnian friends, but I would rather get some one of our users to find one of their Bosnian friends
0: or relatives and have them join us for the next cast. that would be cool. Yeah. So Bosnia, you are on the on the on the lookout for this the uh, next week. So um, without further ado, I'm going to move into some predictions from the previous week. We had a bunch of them. I'm going to route through real fast, and some of them kind of funny. Some of our might be real, some not. We're just gonna kind of go through these and then go right to the chapter. So predictions. Um Moraine and Rand will hook up eventually. Um yeah. Our our Discord is going crazy about that one. Uh so uh people are like that. So um the other one was uh Matt was probably high during all this. Uh (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, also another one's Moraine might not be who we think she is. Um that someone might have drank from the Dark One's cup in the dream. Um, And the last one is that I was an asshole for making you think Fane was dead. Um, (laughs) (laughs) still sorry about that one. (laughs) All right. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and move into Chapter 16, The Wisdom. So, as always, we have a new symbol this time, so we have to talk about it, obviously. Um, Whenever we have a new symbol, we're obviously going to talk about this one. So, it's kind of this leaf looking thing with a vine. Um, I don't know if you guys have thoughts around it or what you guys think, but.
2: Well, I feel like that's the icon that represents the wisdom. I mean, I think that may, may go without saying she's more of like the herbologist type. She's the healer. So sure. Kind of associate it that way. Okay.
1: All right. So I was hoping you would say that now, uh, if you can flip back if you have your book in front of you chris to that map right before chapter 13 that is the exact same uh three-leaf vine type plant that's wrapped around the sword so if that represents the wisdom and the sword represents blank rand maybe do we have do we have some new possible <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am still confused. I'm not going to lie to you. I need to know how old the wisdom actually is. Sure. Like, have you thought about that yet? Because, like, the way she, like, w- as we get into this, it's going to be like, she remembers this and she remembers that. Like, how old are you
0: that you remember these? Things? Oh, yeah. Sure. So it does state that she is older than, them. I think, at the beginning of the book by a few years.
2: Um, yeah, but what the heck is a few years? Like, she's, I can remember a young uh, Tam going off like or maybe, maybe I misread that. Let's get so let's, into the chat. <laughs> let's say she's like
0: four years older. Like when she was four years old, she might have remembered him coming back, I, or maybe she just knew of like I don't know. We, we'll get to that. When we get to the tenth chapter. So
1: it's not that much of a stretch because when uh when I was in high school, let's see, tenth grade English, we had a mid to late thirties teacher that yeah, things could have happened with. So just saying, it's not, <laughs> well, yeah, it's not too big of a stretch. No. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I hope she's not a listener. And, uh, <laughs> she might be. <laughs> she might be.
0: <laughs> we did have one of our teachers run off with the high school quarterback, too, and yeah. same age different. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so <laughs> – <laughs> Hello, Welcome
2: to New News, Virginia, <laughs> yeah. for those that are listening. You know Mike Vick, you know Alan Iverson. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: We got some interesting stuff uh, going on. But, anyways, so, uh, back to uh, the chapter. Um, so, we'll go right into it. So, uh, Perrin leads there, they start they're going right to the end. So, that's where we left last time. It picks right up where we left off. Parents leading their way into the end. Um, you yeah, know, Rand's so deep in thought, he doesn't even see men, and men just grabs him. And starts talking to him about naive um uh being part of it, all the sparks she's seeing. So I just want to start with that scene and kind of get you guys' thoughts around this and and what your initial thoughts were with men's reaction.
1: <laughs> well if you buy into uh men's visions, whatever you want to call them, uh being authentic or or if you trust him, um, which I don't think Rand does quite yet. He's he's still kind of skeptical of everything. Um that kind of, I mean, I was taken aback immediately. Um, I figured if she was going to come into the scene, that her whole goal would be to at least try and get a queen to come home, if not all of them, which she talks about trying to do. But then, like I said, if you believe in, in men and her visions, then clearly she's going to be a part of this moving forward. So what's going to unfold that kind of uh, forces the wisdom to make the choice to continue on with them if you will
2: i just love the the interaction that she really addresses between um mistress uh alice which we know is moraine and um Nineveh. am i pronouncing it right nine years nine sorry I know I'm going to get smacked. There's at least one listener who gets me all the time. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, The thing, the sparks, like that right there, it's like the sparks ran. She met coming in and there were sparks with just the two of them. Yesterday, I couldn't see sparks without at least three or four of you together. But today, it's all sharper and more furious. It's almost a wonder the end that doesn't catch fire. You're all the more dangerous today than yesterday since she came. So it's almost like she brought imminent danger with her based on men's perception of the interaction between the two. For me, it's like, is this going to be like um, combating powers? Or is this like some future intimacy? Or like now my mind's going in like 50 million different directions because we don't sure. know what these sparks really mean. So we can come up with all sorts of stuff. But the I feel like it's more just that Interaction between the two of them and how they
0: really have discontent for each other, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure, yeah. So, um, after Rand finally breaks free and pulls away from her after many attempts from men to stop him, um, they finally make into the room where the same room they ate dinner the night before, whatever, and um, and Moraine and and naive for it to stare down, and I could just picture this scene. Like, neither they're talking, they're opposite ends of the table, just staring at each other, like obviously super upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, you know. Uh, but but you know, they start talking. You know, obviously, okay. Now we're all here. Now, can you talk to us? You know, that's what I think Moraine says. And, and Lan kind of butts in and says, "You know, I want to know how you found us." And the Lan, lands like, um, "You know, I thought I did a pretty good job." you know, how, how did you find where we were? And, and of course, then you get some of Nadia's backstory here um, that, you know, she tracked up land super impressed. Um, So I just want to start there and kind of talk about this whole scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just, I I thought that was great. Um, And the first time that we see land kind of blush, Uh, you know, we, we talked in the last couple episodes, at least I did about like how impressed I was with him and his planning skills and just being his attention to detail with everything. Uh, and for someone like her to find him, uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. Kind of made me think about, I mean, it's slightly unrelated, but made me think about like, uh, you know, World War II, uh, you know, we have these sniper training schools and trying to teach these people how to shoot, but the best shot you had was normally some guy that came out of, you know, the hills of Virginia or West Virginia, that had just been plucking squirrels his whole life, you know? Uh, so there, there's something to be said for some people that are just raised that way and raised with those skills, so.
0: Yeah, like Luke Skywalker. We used to shoot moth rats in Beggar's Canyon. out yeah, right? nothing. Perfect, perfect. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to say it with a your voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I do. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but Uncle Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
2: <laughs> uh, but no, it was, it, it was pretty cool because she really did kind of, she said it so nonchalantly almost. There was nowhere for you to go except for Barlon. To be safe, though. I followed your trail. You certainly cut back and forth enough, but then I suppose you would not care to risk meeting decent people. Like she just completely them <laughs> yeah. entirely. Yeah. I love her attitude. Cause she like, huh, it was easy. And clearly <laughs> you don't want to meet
1: anybody worth meeting. Sure. So. <laughs> and when you think about it, it, Im- it immediately right off the bat gives her standing within that group because Lan is somebody that all of the boys, especially respect. Um, for those skills, and that she 's able to do this it you know it it kind of gives her some some more standing in the room, some more respect from from everybody look sure
2: i don 't feel like she needs any more. If you go back that when Rand walked up, it said sometimes you have to grab the wolf by the ears when you have a wolf by the ears, it is hard to let go or it is as hard to let go as to hold on. Like, yeah. literally, he has more than enough respect for for either one of those for ladies. Sure. He's got sure. so much fear. He's talking about them both as
0: if they were wolves. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So, Naneeph starts getting really loud and, and starts saying Aes I Sedai I, way too loud. And they're trying to hush her. You know, it says, I came here to bring you guys home. They're like, you, you're you being dangerous. And, and Tom finally cuts in and says, stop saying what you're saying. There's white cloaks here. And starts explaining explain what white cloaks do to people and um, you know we met white cooks last time but it was this really quick interaction you didn't really get to know them that much you just got to see them um, but now you get tom's explanation of you know they're pincers and and everyone's guilty before they're innocent um you know that they think they know everything so what's your thoughts on on white cloaks at this point and, and this whole entire um or should i say children of the light white cloak is actually considered a derogatory term towards them like kind of like a a slight towards <laughs> them and then uh, what they call themselves as children of the light. So uh, you'll see people that call them white cloaks obviously don't like them people that call them uh, they call themselves children of the light. So <laughs> anyway <laughs> So what's your thoughts on the white cloaks?
1: <laughs> I know whenever I read children of the light or white cloaks uh, I start thinking uh, about that song from um, was it was it Mel Brooks where they did the parody on the Inquisition? The Like it, when they describe walking down the street, I still have that song in my head. You know, I know that's not the picture he's trying to paint, but that, that's the that's the vibe I get from them though.
0: So just just as another plug to another podcast, because I know some people on this that listen to this, listen to other podcasts too, and I know you guys aren't supposed to, but that's hilarious because the White Tower podcast was different than the Black Tower podcast. There's another one called the White Tower podcast. There are two girls that, that are a pretty popular, one as well. Um, whenever the White Cloaks are mentioned, they play the Monty Python clip. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you mentioned that, I just have to plug that and yeah. say, like, you know, you're not the only one that thinks this. Right. Well, <laughs> give them give a nod for me then. Yeah. We'll yeah. Um, so, will do. Uh, we'll do. I'll to shut them out in the next episode release. So yeah, so
2: almost like a nod to
0: Sparrows <laughs> for me from Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, the other way around, remember? This was written first. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> true. Hats <laughs> off. Like I know what I read first. Like I... <laughs> Game of Thrones copied like, I... this. <laughs>
2: yes, gosh. <gotcha>. So, <laughs> I think the difference is like the Sparrows in Game of Thrones were not your decorated like in. In cloaks and armor and, and sure. sword bearing individuals, but they're still like almost like the religious, like sect. Yeah, and I don't know if that comes into play with this group because we're really just scratching the surface with them. But the description is like they'd swarm over the end like murderous ants on a rumor, a whisper. Their hate is that strong, their desire to kill or take any like these two, and the girl. The boys, you—you are all associated with them enough for the white cloaks anyway. You wouldn't like the way they ask questions, especially when the White Tower is involved. Like that's exactly the now, mind you. I get it. I know which came first. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's exactly what we get with the sparrows. Like they just slowly infiltrated the entirety of the city. Sure. Of West or the entirety of Westeros, really, and just like. Boom, gonna come in, gonna take over, and all of a sudden we run this shit. Like, <laughs> right.
1: So I think it's also significant yeah. that this description and this telling about the white cloaks is coming from Tom. And you and I discussed this, Chris, on earlier podcasts about it. Doesn't seem like Tom is really just going along for the ride because it's convenient for him. Like I, I feel like he knows more and is is deeper involved in. Uh. Really, the politics of this world that that they're in, and this is just like a little a little glimpse of of him showing what he knows,
0: right? <laughs> so yeah, so Naive continues to be persistent, saying that he, they're taking he's she's taking everyone home. That's why she's here. It's this your fun's over. Go back home and ran ran and everyone, especially Rand. Cuts in, and says we can't, and this is why. And Rand starts explaining to Naive, and Naive thinks this is. Bull crap. Uh, you know, just like no. Uh none of these reasons are and then kind of ran asks, Well, what did everybody say back home? And you start getting to some some of the things, you know, that um, you know it says, Tam try to convince everyone uh you needed to go and everybody thought he was crazy. And then Matt says, What about my dad? I says, Well, he thought you'd just get in trouble.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh, 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 um and then Nynaeve, about right? Yeah, and then naive is really upset with Egwene. Like, you know, I think she mentions like I would expect the three of you, but but Egwene, um you know, like I expect better of you. Like, so I don't know if you guys want to talk about that whole scene, but that's uh, definitely she's, uh, you know, kind of giving a little news from back home. But you know, and also talks about you know the I think it might be later when they talks about how when they're when they're alone. So I won't get there yet uh, when Rand and Nadine have a separate conversation. But um, yeah, so you know they kind of explain that and Moraine uh, then cuts them off and says, you know, we need to talk alone. Um, and Moraine clears the room. So. Anything you want to talk about that scene before we kind of move on, or
2: I think you covered that pretty well. It, she led into them all, idiocracy, hairbrained. Those were great descriptive words. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then you can really see how um, young Egwene really is because she's just like sheepishly, "I left a note," <laughs> like a note what is a note like what good is that going to do yeah. when you are preparing to train with me to become a wisdom or the wisdom and all you do is leave me a note like that's a slap in the face yeah but.
1: And if, if we reach back to one of my crazy predictions about uh maybe how Moraine uh, somehow used her powers to influence Tam to make the decision that he did and to be so okay with them going on Um, Well, the wisdom hints to that where she says the light knows how your mistress, Alice, she invested the name with a wagon load of scorn, managed to make him believe. Um, So we'll we'll see if anything more comes to that. They only touch on it briefly in that paragraph, but I am curious to see uh, what more we hear about Tam and what might have happened to him when he was getting, air quotes, healed by Marine. Sure.
0: So, yeah, so they all clear the room, and they go in the hallway, and they're talking for only a little bit. Then naive comes – that scene doesn't last long. They're talking over each other on the hallway. And then naive comes out, and Lance says something to to her, and obviously she's upset with whatever he says. It doesn't say what he said, but I don't know if you guys want to speculate or anything like that, but there, there was a little interchange there when she came out of the room.
2: I don't know that I did. There was so much going on yeah, back sure. and forth.
0: Yeah, I, I I try to find it, where it, it is in the chapter. Uh,
1: naive stepped out, and and gave a start when she saw Lan. The warder murmured something that made her toss her head angrily. Then he slipped past her through the door, and and that's when she moved forward to speak to her Right. Grand. right. So something, something was said. It doesn't say
0: what. Um. In fact, uh, minor spoiler: you never get to hear what actually was said. But there's a lot of theories. <laughs> <laughs> Just about this one little interaction <laughs> out there events fans. Like so uh you never know exactly what was said there, but obviously something. Um but there's obviously some tension between the two of them. I mean, I think Leia respects her. Um, the fact that she, he was able to track him. Sure. But you know, but yeah, there's there's definitely some stuff going on there. Yeah. Um so Naniv goes to talk to Rand and and the first thing she says, the sword fits you now, which surprises Rand. So it's only been a week. You know, it's like, but you've grown a lot in a week. Um, I can tell that. And um, it seems like Nadineve start like, apparently whatever they talked about alone, um and Nadinef, um, it looks like Nadineve started to come around because she's, you know, um, not as harsh with Red outside at this point. She's kind of like, all right, hear me out. What's going on? Tell me the real deal. And they kind of start having this little banter. So I kind of want to start there and hear what you guys about this conversation between the two. So the
2: the the idea that the sword fits him better was kind of funny because he even laughed about it. He said, in a week, did she convince you? He asked, is it, it really is the only way? And he paused thinking of men's sparks. Are you coming with this? Like there was so much loaded in that one statement that it's like almost overwhelming in a sense. And There's a lot of conversation that has been going on throughout the book between all the characters that it really is kind of overwhelming. And for her to kind of make that statement, just kind of almost haphazardly or coincidentally. And then he really laughed at her, which really surprised me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys have nieces or nephews that are young, that maybe you see every couple of weeks, or maybe you're unlucky and a month goes by before you see him. And while the parents that are with them every single day might not notice little changes along the way, when you have that gap in time where you haven't seen them, like certain things stand out to you, like, wow, they've grown or voices change or this, that and the other. And it's only been a short amount of time. But the wisdom hasn't seen them since they ran off uh, from the field, from the village. And I I think obviously she's talking more about. You know, maybe he stands a little taller with more confidence. Uh, they even they even have a little back and forth where Rand questions her, and she's like, "Wow, you really have grown! Like, you know, not that long ago, you wouldn't have asked any sort of questions about what I was doing." But uh, so she, she's pointing mm-hmm. out in the short amount of time, he's gaining that confidence. That's that's the way I read. it.
0: Sure, and and, and they and Rand's been through a lot. They've they've all been through a lot. In one week, I mean, these are like you know, village folk that country folk that don't. Really, no action ever happens in their life at all. I mean, you think about like uh, go back to Lord of the Rings. You know, like, they're like hobbits. You know, nothing exciting ever happens in the Shire. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know, so, yeah. In this week, a lot has happened, um, and a lot of room for growth. And we've we've seen that just in the way Rand from that night when the Trollocs busted in to by the time you know just by the way Rand reacts to stuff, there has been growth already, even if not much.
2: Um, well there definitely has been there's of course the conversation he's like he's got it made up in his mind like no matter what she says he's going because he even asked her like are you going with us and she said i still hope to convince you guys to go back and mm -hmm. then of course she she admitted to him which was really awesome the fact that you know the town is in shambles but there's no need for her to know we can't handle our affairs any better than that like so she still sees the group as you know people from you know her home but she's giving them more respect because rather than just kind of shooing them off as children she's actually openly answering the questions for them so i mean that's a pretty cool exchange you guys are right she said you have grown and she smiled And for a moment her amusement had him shifting his feet she said i can't think of a time when you would have questioned where I chose to go or what I chose to do whenever or whatever it was a time just a week ago. Like, that is pretty neat. I have to give it uh, to you guys and that, that, that perception that, you know, he has grown is nothing else emotionally and mentally be able to handle that situation. But then again, he's killed now. He's fought now. He has a reason to run now. Like that does a lot to you mentally.
0: Sure. And he also he also finds out the village had broken into two groups. You know, there's two trains of thoughts. One said to go bring them back. The other one's like, well, if they're going to go, I guess that was Tam's camp. At least have someone go with them. You know, right now, all the kids are gone. Get someone older to go with them. So those are the two different, different, I guess, thoughts. And I think even Sin Bui volunteered to go.
1: <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Now, we know the wisdom's perspective, but she also claims to kind of be quoting the council here. Um, and she says uh, they thought you shouldn't be among strangers either, especially not with someone like her, and she's referencing Moraine, and she said in a couple mm-hmm. other spots in this section about her biggest distrust is the Aes Sedai and Moraine. So, everybody back in the village, the council, the wisdom, everybody, they know about the Trollocs, they know about all these other things going on, but they still seem more concerned about the boys being with Moraine. So, like, what is it the wisdom has sure. against the Aes Sedai? Or, do, I mean, does she know something? Is there some knowledge from the women's circle that they just haven't shared about what they know about the Aes Sedai? I don't know. But it just it stood out to me that with all this other crap going on, everybody's just upset about Moraine.
0: So well, I think there's a lot of stories. I mean, we've already heard a bunch about Aes Sedai's being dark dark friends and serving the, yeah, dark, world. Of the so, dark one. Yeah, the dark Yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of suspicion that you know whether that's true or not or whether it's just being they're uneducated i think we quickly find out a little bit about that true. but it's but but it's but i think this as a small you know village that's kind of cut off from society they have a lot of misconceptions about a lot of things in
1: the world yeah um,
2: and- like with the wisdom would be like the direct the, the parallel or the opposite of the Sedai. like they are the women using the power for good or the eyes to die or the women that are using the power for bad so you got that balance with the wheel you got the, the light sure. and the dark like there's that idea but we don't know much about the eyes to die beyond what we've seen And so far it's just been kind of a mix of good and bad um, but I do love again going back to the whole conversation about what's going on back in the town they don't really know that their wisdom's left
1: yeah, Not everybody.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Cause she's, they're probably still arguing who to send. So I've left word I would take care of it. Yeah. So she just bucked on the system and went out on her own. Like, the sure. women's circle knows what the deal is. Yeah.
1: After she right. scolds the boys for just leaving a note and running off, she just left a note and ran off. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But but, but she's the wisdom. So yeah, she's a lot of this, right? So... <laughs> so um, so, you know, she asked, uh, you know, what was Moraine asking about? And, and uh, Nadineve starts going into that, saying that Moraine was asking about the three of them mostly, uh, wanted to know if any of them were born outside the two rivers. And Rand, like, immediately says, well, were any of us born outside the two rivers? And and Nadineve answers with no, but he notices her hesitation before saying no. And Rand immediately goes <laughs> into Pam's fever dream story and everything like that. And Nadineve's like, oh, Rand. Here's the story. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but now we can go into it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it's like like he froze up right away. He said, "But his tongue felt like piece of leather." She knows she was the wisdom after all, and the wisdom was supposed to know everything about everyone. If she knows, it was no fever dream. Oh, light, help me, Father. All right. And so like. I love the, the inner, the monologue because you can see his anxiety kind of rising to the surface. You can kind of get a feel for his now sense of kind of like selflessness. He, again, doesn't know who he is. So, And
0: then she instantly kind of feels sorry for
1: him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But then she reassures him saying that, you know, tells him the story. He said, you know, Tam left when, when um he's around your age. Uh, you know, he, he left the Two Rivers uh, to to you know go adventure and came back with a with an Outlander wife and a baby. And I, you know, his his wife carry, you know, uh, held the baby like I'd never seen any other mother, like any mother would carry her baby. You know, that definitely is your mother and father. Kind of trying to reassure Ray that you know, yes, she were born out born outside the Two Rivers, but they're definitely your parents according to naive. So goes back to the question: Is she? Are they? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of me wonders whether or not the child was really ham's child but like he came back with an outland like woman maybe he decided to help the woman and adopt the child like he could just be an all-around good guy like you just never know what. The story of it all is yet i'm sure by book 14 they'll figure this all out
1: <laughs> right i know there was more to I know the- there's more to the conversation but as i read this i just heard the wisdom telling rand oh you know nothing john snow
0: <laughs> <laughs> right so i mean it goes back to the question of whether or not the whole entire thing about the baby found on the side of the mountain was the real thing or whether it's really you know that, that it was or her child or who knows what what's fear dream or, or what's
1: not. So hey cut cuts for metrollic is a think. hell of a drug. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still
2: think that he's part of some warrior tribe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep up with that. I'll keep dreaming. I have a feeling we're gonna take some nasty shifts. I mean this guy hung out with Martin so eventually <laughs> like all of our characters are going to do 180s and they're all going to be like completely different in five
1: chapters. So. Yeah, sure. I've got too much respect <laughs> for this author to like, I have to assume that there's going to be some sort of fantastic backstory to Rand. So I'm, I'm waiting for it.
0: Sure. sure. So, uh, you know, at th- I think at this point we kind of wind down to the end of this chapter. It ends with kind of no conclusion, but Naive's thinking about what to do. Like, she has, she, I mean, obviously she has second thoughts now about. Bring them back home, but obviously still wants to, but is kind of warming up to the idea that they can't. Um, I don't think she's hundred percent sold on that yet, you know, yeah. but is definitely uh second guessing herself as well with every you know, with everything. I think at least what we haven't heard, we we didn't hear what was what conversation was happened behind closed doors, um with Moraine and Nynaeve. But uh obviously she's at least starting to warm up to the idea that they can't go back.
2: So for Farron's sake, my favorite quote. You certainly learned how to twist words since you met her. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I said, "I rubbing right, on
2: my favorite quote." <laughs> since we're about to end this chapter, I had to state it because, um, again, here we have Rand questioning, and again, it's not something that he does. He does not question the wisdom, but he said, "Were any of the others born outside?" And then he said, no, don't answer. It's none of my business either. And she said, no, it isn't your business. It might not mean anything. She could just be searching blindly for a reason, any reason why those things are after you, after all of you. So Rand managed to grin, which I don't think he ever would have done either. Then you do believe they're chasing us. Yeah. So like he got the answer he wanted with his original question of, do you think there's anything to the statement that, uh, Miss Moraine is making like, should we really be running or should we go back home? So mm-hmm. I like it. I really do like it. <laughs> sure.
0: Any other final thoughts for this chapter before we move on to the next one? Or I'm good. Let's roll. All right. Moving on to chapter 17, watchers and hunters. So like always going to start with the symbol. So this is symbol We've seen before. So I'll do something different this time since, you know it's a symbol that's repeated a bunch of times now. this is the dragon's Fang or the call whatever you want to call it <laughs> since your dragon dragon's Fang um, I want to talk about the chapters that this has appeared in so see if there's kind of so we can have a little more discussion around it so this is actually the uh, fourth time this uh this this symbol has now appeared the first time was with the peddler um, uh, when we met Fane. the second time was tellings of the wheel. Uh, that was the chapter where Moraine went into the whole entirenetherrin story and also um one of the dream dream sequences and then uh the 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 last time we saw it was this, was the stag and lion, which is just last episode I believe is when we did that so those are the three chapters it 's appeared on so far so i don 't know if you guys want to tie anything together or what you think, but just kind of what to throw that at you without any kind of research or thinking about it but those that 's where it 's appeared before.
1: Huh. Hmm. Gosh, I'd I'd have to go back and dig into a couple of them. But do we in these chapters do we normally get new info or backstory on previous dragons or false dragons? Yeah, some of them. Yeah, I think there's some telling of that.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. The so second line we definitely do because we got logan's name on that one, and then and um, the peddler for sure. Tell us for sure. Tons of wheel. I'm not sure if we did or not. But we, might, but we might. But we might have in the in the dreams we did. Yeah, because remember he listed yeah. them all out. No, uh, I think. I think no. Maybe I don't know. No, because that was the first dream. So that wasn't the one where he listed everything out. That was the one where he was like running and and saw the white tower and kept them turning corners. Anyway,
1: so I'll, I'll read so- into that some more. Uh, I mean, and if I'm way off, when uh, when the listeners finally get to this episode, they can chime in on Discord. We'll we'll, uh, we'll dig into that some more. Okay, cool.
2: sounds good. It's more about like the badassery of Moraine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure.
2: Because every time this pops up, she's either coming up with a big time story or she's like pops up with some level of importance. So, cool. Um,
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> if that's sure. the case then this one should be much bigger because I'll tell you you right now, I know I've been a Debbie Downer on Moraine, but (laughs) she's she's almost so awesome in this chapter that I don't care anymore. I like her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So
0: we'll get into it. So, uh, Rand goes out the common room after this conversation with, uh, and Tom's performing the great hunt again. Um, and you can kind of get an idea now of how grand this story is. It kind of talks about how long it would take to perform this if you actually did the whole thing and how you could do it. I do, do want to, to these- know who,
2: which one of our characters is going on the great hunt for the horn. <laughs> yeah, like, first okay. First off, has, was, the, was the horn found originally? And then was it lost again? and they going to have to go searching for it? Like-
0: <laughs> sure. So, I mean, you learn a little about the great hunt of the horn. I mean, from just like, uh, I think they mentioned, did they mention a city that's associated with it. I can't remember if they do yet or not. Um, but they talk about some of the heroes um, that have tried to search the horn before and try to find yeah, it. it says, to the eight corners of the world, the
2: hunter's ride to the eight pillars of heaven, where the winds of time blow and fate seizes the mighty and the small alike by the folk lock, or forelock. Excuse me. Now, sure. the greatest of the hunters is, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Rogash of Talmor. Yeah, Rogash Eagle Rogosh- Ah, okay. So I did say it right. Ragash eye, famed Mm -hmm. at the court of the High King, feared on the slopes of um, Shaogul. So the hunters were
0: always mighty heroes, all of them. So I think that's pretty neat. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of this legend of like this this magical horn that or that something like that that they, they go searching for. And there's this hunt that gets called every so often. There's always great heroes go looking for the horn. Uh, you know, and I kinda of take it back to like this is kinda of like author and the search of the holy grail, you know, or something like that. Like there's been a bunch of hunters of the holy grail over the years and a bunch of stories right. about about crusaders, you know, the crusades trying to search for it and and whether it's the Knights of Templar or are 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 the authorian stories there's just all these holy grail stories so it's kind of like i, I kind of attribute to that like is it just myth and legend is it a real thing or is it just all these old stories about people going to look for something that's never actually been found um or has it been found we don't really know but
2: yeah well i'm gonna say is is with it being mentioned so many times this is gonna be my prediction one of our three men or boys whatever are gonna have to go searching for the horn Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, def- I definitely feel that. There's there's no reason to to bring it up so often if it's not going to be something that they play into. And then well, uh who was it, Min, that was describing the boys and I think when she was describing Matt, she mentioned the horn. So yeah. my my money, my money's on Matt. Okay. Sounds good. So Tom moves to
0: music, you know, puts put you know, stops uh, stops telling stories and uh and, and puts the harp away, takes out the flute. Uh, and starts playing some music and everybody starts to sing clap along and i want to do a quick plug And i don't think this group's together anymore but but their stuff's on youtube still so just in case you, any listeners haven't heard of this before and you guys can go listen to it too because it's kind of cool um and doesn't give anything really away as far as for um uh the series but there's a a band called reflections of sound that's the name of the name of this name of the band and i think the youtube channel is reflections of sound music on youtube and they have if you type in reflections of sound Will of time you'll find them on youtube and they have a bunch of they basically took a bunch of these songs that gleeman perform in a bunch of these books and make them into actual like medieval sounding um almost like irish jigs um you know uh uh music so it actually, and it does they do a really good job with it too, so it 's kind of cool you know to uh to actually hear the music there's just you read music, and you know it 's one of those things where whenever you read music in any book it 's kind of like you can read lyrics, but it doesn't at least to me it 's hard to actually say like okay that 's cool i don 't know like <laughs> like a lot of time, i mean I remember I remember going back and tolkien's really big on this, so like when you go back and read Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit he'll write out entire lyrics to songs and like I end up just skipping over them most of the time when I was reading Tolkien because it's like okay I don't really know what this song's really going to sound like so um, I'm just going to skip the whole yeah. thing but uh, but it's just a cool way if you guys want to check it out um, um, you know that's um, um, you know one of the you know, it's just something you can look at and any of our listeners that hasn't heard of them before go check it out because uh, it's just kind of a way to put, put some more context to this um, cool yeah, so people start to dance. Um oh, sorry. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I guess Chris found it. Uh so... same, with plug. <laughs> same with plug. So uh yeah, so um um people start to dance and um they bring out uh something called a hammered dulcimer. And that's not an instrument you hear of most these days. I don't know if you guys have ever
1: um seen Never. it. Meant, well, it's like it's like a mountain dulcimer.
0: Yeah, so yeah. once again, another plug for YouTube. I don't know the name of this guy, but um, I, when I first read these books, are actually not my first time, but when I reread, started reading these books a few months ago, uh, when I got to the Hammer Dulcimer, I, I went to YouTube Harry Dulcimer, and <laughs> excuse me, um, there's a guy that does Tears for Fears, uh, Everyone Wants to Save the World, an '80s cover on a Hammer Dulcimer, and it's really really cool. So um, just uh, if true. you ever. Yeah, so if you type in uh, Tears for Fear, Hammer Dulcimer on YouTube as well, you'll find a really cool example of what a hammer dulcimer sounds like. So yeah, just kind of I'm just gonna go into all the YouTube plugs right now on these random things. So <laughs> But anyways, back to the chapter. So they're all dancing and uh you know, it's just I, I really like this scene because it's like they've forgotten all their worries and they're dancing, they're having a good time, and I felt like they haven't done this. It's really since the beginning of the book they haven't done it at all like i mean they're getting ready for bell time they're excited at the very 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 beginning but since then it's been kind of miserable and this just seems like a fun scene like uh, and and I, I don't know this is foreshadowing but like you know it's uh that, that they're having fun now but like it's very much like you know they, they they're having a good time for once for once um Everyone's dancing, but there is something, sit, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, a little bit creepy in the room with them. So,
1: yeah. So um, before we get to that guy, to your point, uh, we were talking on Discord a little while ago. I think it was with the Dragon Reborn and I brought up Contra dancing, um, which, which is like a type of folk line dancing and, and dance in the real and whatnot. So I think it was cool that it popped up. But to your point about them having a good time and the boys deciding to get up and, and join in with the dance. This style of dancing, if you've never done it before, it's not like you get out in the middle of the dance floor at homecoming and just kind of shake a little bit, do your thing, and walk off when you're done. Like you can't help but get sucked up into it. And and normally the pace starts slow and it picks up faster and faster. And as the guys and girls promenade and move up and down the rows, like you end up dancing with everybody on the dance floor. So, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, a really good mental break for them like it's one of those things once you decide to do you just can't help but have fun with it cuz you're going to get caught up with the pace of it. Sure.
0: So yeah, so they're having fun and then they and ran notices a guy has a scar across his face just like the only one that's not happy in this entire everybody else is clapping, having a good old time and then there's this one guy staring at him. And um what do you think about this?
2: It's definitely super suspicious. Like it's one of those things, like why why are you here? What in the world's going on? Like it really makes you wonder, um, had they been found out, and that goes to my um thought of our boy Fane being a snitch <laughs> which you <laughs> forgot to bring up as a prediction. But that is one of the predictions that I'm gonna hold to. Sure. And now you got this random character just sitting in the corner watching the group. So Yep. Yeah,
1: I, I thought who, who did he
2: snitch to is the question.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that Rand. We go back and forth, giving him credit for like, um, his instincts on some things, and then sometimes he, he lets us down a little bit. Like everybody is having a good time in this room, like you said, Alan, except this one guy that totally stands out. And when Rand met his gaze, he grimaced. And then he looked mm-hmm. away in embarrassment. Um, but then as he kept thinking about it, he, I'd have to flip forward. I didn't underline it. But he thought, well, the guy was probably upset and staring him down because, you know, Rand made that grimacing face at him. So instead of really being suspicious of him as an evil thing, he's like, oh, man, he's he's probably all pissy because I looked at him funny.
0: Yeah, because he has a scar or whatever, staring, staring at a disformity or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, he keeps on going back and forth. They're going by the dancing. He's going back to look at the guy, going by the dancing. And uh, and then he kind of just forgets about the guy and, and talks about, you know, the dancing with Nynaeve, which they're shocked about that because uh, the wisdom never dances. And then, you know, Rand trips over his feet a bunch of times. So he dances with, with Mistress Alice Moraine and uh, and just talks about you know, how graceful she is and how he's just completely like two left feet on the dance floor with her. Um, and he's happy to get to Egwene because... Uh, you know he danced with her before, so it's kind of the comfort zone. You know, back to, back to that safe harbor. Um, you know, but but like I said, they got this whole entire no worries thing going on, in the atmosphere. Um, and then the night starts to wind down, and people start to go to bed. And Land tells them all, "You guys got to go to sleep because we're leaving tomorrow." And um, and they ask Lan about the guy. So there's just been this guy staring at us, and Lan says, "Yeah, I talked to some people. <laughs> he's a white, he's a white cloak spy, is what I've been told."
1: But he's no worry to us, like he's trying to brush it off, but i I, I don't buy it sure,
0: well, then again, Land doesn't know about the the run in that that Matt and Rand had with white cloaks, so why would they why would why would land yeah, suspect, suspect that they would that white cloaks be looking for them like they're like guys hey, just looking at everybody weird because he's a white cloak that's what white cloaks do, like there's no reason for them to be worried about us because why would they know us like so Lane doesn't <laughs> <Maybe>. Lane- <laughs> land doesn't know about all that. Fair Going enough. Going backwards
2: before we go forwards, because I don't want to miss out on this quote. I thought you were a better dancer. She laughed as they changed partners. <laughs> Let nah. me just say that's the wisdom flirting. So now we can continue. <laughs> well, okay. I have, so, to, so since I we're have there. to support my thoughts here. <laughs> that sense, sense where they are and I up earlier? Together. Huh? Um,
1: since we're there, and I brought it up earlier, Alan, I don't know why, but like uh, as I was, I was picturing this as we're reading it. I'm like trying to find perspective. But let's say you and I had just graduated high school, and then uh, at some college party or whatever, we're all getting together to do the real. We move on down the line, and then boom, uh, we're dancing with tenth grade English teacher. <laughs> that's, that's the way I pictured it. And you know what? I would have, I'd have been just like Rand. Uh, like I'm um, great dancing the contra. But if I'd have turned around and I'm spinning with her, I'd have been, I'd have just forgot everything. <laughs> myself. So I, I, sure. I, I felt that scene for sure. 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 So, so go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, just thinking about that, that interaction. Um, I, I think it is fair for land not to have that suspicion. Cause they've been there before, like, he and Moraine have been in that inn before. They've encountered sketchy people before. Like, he is slightly off guard, which is not something we are used to as readers, but we do know that he is human. And though he has some superhuman abilities, that doesn't put him above being caught off guard. Sure, 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 sure.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so Rand thinks the guy with the scarred faces it after him. He has that internal thought that uh, he's definitely here for me. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's Matt who asks, you know, well, where's Nynaeve going to sleep? I thought all the rooms were taken. And they said, well, Nynaeve's sleeping with Moraine. And they're kind of <laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's not going to be good. That, that room's going to be. Uh... <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so. clears throat> I just thought that was really funny.
2: It's like blood and ashes. I wouldn't be in a Glenn's shoes for all the
0: gold and Kevlin. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, you know, Rand, Rand tells everybody, you know, don't wait up for me. I need to go get some milk. I'm thirsty. You know, I'll go ahead and head up. I'll, I'm going to go to the kitchen. Uh, Land is worried. So something's wrong about tonight. Um, so, you know, be quick about it. You know, I just feel something's off. And, um, you know, Rand goes, and I think he's still in that, 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 that joyous mood, you know, and goes, gets his milk. He's walking down the hall, and then the dark shape starts to walk down the hallway towards him. Yes,
2: so. <laughs> the cloak hung motionless as the figure moved, and the face, a man's face with pasty white, like a slug under a rock and eyeless. From oily black hair to puffy cheeks was as smooth as an eggshell. Ran choked spraying milk, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but the fade's like you are one of them boys. Like, so now he he's like, All right, so there's multiple of you, you're one of them. And like Ran freezes again. Yeah. like what's the deal? I thought that like, he
0: finally kind of come to himself a little bit, but now he freezes again. Right. So but you know, obviously, so trollocs are one thing. So trollocs are like big and scary, but like they've heard stories about fades and mergil that they are like a hundred times more deadly than, than <laughs> a trolloc. Uh, you know, like they're like like the worst of the worst kind of thing. Like, sure. and here's one here's one face to face with them, and. And there might be something to this as well, like but but yeah, Rand freezes. I'm wondering if they have any like power, like if they emanate something that causes people
2: to fear them.
0: hmm
2: Like if they have a magic about them.
0: Like like,
1: they, <laughs> they have a physical effect in the area where it gets colder, or even uh, when he drew the the dark sword. Uh, oh shoot, where does it say? And then. The light in the hall the seemed to grow dimmer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So, so, so there's so there's physical effects by their presence there that would, you know, where you like
0: don't. a dementor. So yeah. let's go back. Let's go back <laughs> to, to chapter one. So all about the chapter one on the road when he first sees the dark rider and he makes eye contact. Our our because he can't see his eyes because the, the hood's pulled over, but he looks into where the face would be. And remember, Rand froze and could not look away. And and he tripped over a rock. And that's the only thing that broke his gaze. And then we looked back, it was gone. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this has happened before, like, where he froze completely and could not stop, like, do anything. Um, Yeah, but
1: we got got a tease when Rand Rand and Matt were messing around with the Children of Light. We got this tease where Rand is this secret badass like overconfident when the instincts kicked in he's gonna whoop somebody's butt and so as right. i start reading this i'm like here we go rand's about to dice up the fade and everybody's gonna be like oh shit but no he just kind of cowers so i guess we're not quite <laughs> there yet but I, I i too was hoping we'd get a little bit more here
2: so it's kind of like Sorry. that Mo- medusa style but instead of turning to stone you freeze yeah like as long as you don't look the fade in the eyes directly then their power cannot overwhelm you. Yeah, what other there's another story that's like that and I can't think. That wasn't Lord of the Rings. That wasn't one of um, uh, the things that happened. No. What
0: story? It's like sirens or whatever, like in yeah. Greek yeah. mythology. Yeah, like sirens in Greek mythology. I don't know, but I know like they would blindfold themselves and tie themselves to uh to the mast and stuff like that, like in Greek mythology, like all sorts of stuff like that because like, if, if you got caught in their gaze, you were drawn in, could not. Right. Like, you would drown yourself, like, swimming down, at, like, you, could, you just couldn't. Um, so, kind of something like that. Sure. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so the Faye so the talks to Rand, says, you know, you're one of them. You know, obviously, you know, I don't know which one you are. And then the Fae draws a sword and literally is about to kill him. I mean, like, sword back, about to strike and stop short. And says, "No, you belong to him." Um, you know, <laughs> um, I can't. You know, and and then you hear clutter upstairs. Obviously, land running downstairs, <laughs> realizing what's going on. Uh, I think he senses that point because he can sense. You know, it talks about that. The, some of the warder's powers. Right. So, you know, he's running upstairs, so the fade immediately turns and flees. And um, and, <laughs> and I love how it describes the fade fleeting. You know, the shadows come out, and grab him. And he just goes away, and um, and and land comes down, you know. Rand all he says is a fade, and and lands like, okay, we're leaving now, like right now. Get your stuff and leave. And I love Rand's reaction. because now? What's the middle of the night? Why are we going to leave now? Like, dude, you can't know what just happened. Like, like, yes, we are leaving right now.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. You use the word grab him. the The author uses the word embrace.
0: Embrace. He's okay. Yeah.
2: Like love yeah so like being that guy who's really about the literature and about like the way he words because he did that purposely he was embraced by the shadow which is like being embraced by the dark lord he's the great lord of dark you Mm -hmm. are his so like it just shows how much they they are embraced and they are being they are being embraced by and they embrace the dark lord um or the Lord of Dark, let me not mix up my Harry Potter references with yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Wheel of Time. Yeah. But it is funny how Lan is like, yeah, um, let's go, no time to pursue it now, which really, so that's the part that confused me, and I I don't know, So said Lan uh, nodded, and he said he seemed to be listening to something else. He said, yes, it's going fading. No time to pursue it now. We're leaving sheep herder so now it's like so have we found out that land has this ability to actually follow the the shade the fade into the embrace of the shadow well
1: they, like they mentioned he... they mentioned earlier that he can sense like the presence of the trollocs and the, and the fade and whatnot
2: yeah but he mentioned pursuing it
0: right but, um... once it started, but once it started fading to the shadow you can't pursue it anymore so obviously it's thinking like disappear fade hence the one of the nicknames it has into yeah. the shadow itself so you can't even but, you can yeah
2: and again i, I could be completely off but like there's this idea that there may have been a moment in time where maybe he could have followed True. the fade into the shadow faded with him and i could sure. be completely wrong sure yeah but it just that kind of that sentence drew me in and i highlighted it because i'm like you know With this idea of the Aes Sedai being people that are, you know, friends of the dark or dark friends or whatever, maybe there's just this misconception because they have powers like friends of the dark because they're using like powers to combat them. Sure. So maybe Mm -hmm. Moraine, though she has these powers that seem to come from the dark, maybe they're not, she's not as dark as we. Think she is
0: sure. So everyone comes downstairs. They're all ready to go. Everybody has their saddlebags and all their stuff. And Moraine's kind of telling the innkeeper, "You need to be really careful." Like and kind of coaching him through. And he's really nonchalant about all this. And and Moraine's like, "No, for real. Like this is serious. Um, dark friends are after us. Like she's kind of giving away some stuff. Like like this could be really bad for you. You have to just comply." if they come around and he's like dark friends, he's like, dark friends are everywhere. Um, and I thought that was really interesting that she says that, you know, like, you know, they're, they're everywhere. They're not just something out of stories. Um, they're, they're real and they're, and, and they're here in, in the city, um, and everywhere in the entire world. Um, um, and we find out Nynaeve's coming as well. Um,
2: um, <laughs> uh, and
0: Rand tells Nynaeve about the fade and, uh, and Nadiv says okay i'll stay with i'll stay with you keep you safe from the Aes Sedai. <laughs> right <laughs> so it, there's a nice little interaction there so they all get their horses and start making their way through baralon um and as they're leaving you know the um one thing i thought was interesting is the stable hand is, is watching them leave as they you know they go back to that guy from the very you know that gave him kind of crap the, when they first came to the town you know, it's, it's watching them leave. So I don't know what you guys thought about that, but
1: as I was reading it, I just thought maybe he was the guy that eventually gave the nod to the the children of the light as they catch up to him in a couple of pages here at the gate. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I just love how Min was right. Like we're we're seeing how all of Min's predictions are coming to light. So I wanna sure. know what larger purpose she has for the book. Sure. Um and where she draws her power. Um yeah. because these smaller predictions I feel like are foreshadowing for larger. Um yeah. maybe maybe in just these last few chapters we learned everything about the entire fifteen books by just these mm-hmm. the emblems that she sees around <laughs> different characters. Who knows? Because you made the comment like <laughs> something from book one must be something huge in book 14. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe we just learned about the entire series <laughs> just in her vision and we just don't know it yet. Yeah. we
1: we'll peel back the layers as we go.
0: Yeah. So that's that's also, that's why a lot of people as soon as they're done reading this entire series to go back and start reading it again. It's like, wait a second. Like, I need to go back and reread all of this again because like, <laughs> did he really connect the dot? Like, four million words ago like <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah um anyway so um you know they they make their way through barrel and they get to the gate the gates closed um and the guards are like you don't want to go outside there's there's livestocks dying out dying everywhere outside because of whoops. um i don't know if you guys thought about that statement but um um i don't know if you guys have thoughts about that but uh
2: Well, I think it's just pretty interesting. Again, the whole twisting of words is one of my favorite things because it's something that as a communications major, you learn that literally the way and the how and the the purpose behind the way people use words and the way they use body language makes a big difference. These watchmen are, are willing to let them go, but they at least want to make sure they cover themselves. Like, you could die out there. And the Moraine's like, no, we need to go. And the governor doesn't prohibit us from leaving. So let's <laughs> just get moving. Like, we're ready to leave. So they're right. suspicious, but at the same time, it kind of shows men, and I generalize ourselves, like, we want the best for everybody. But when it comes down to it, we're willing to take what's best for
0: ourselves and let people fend for themselves. Sure. So. Mm. And, and and they pay off the guard too. You know, when so land goes up yeah. and gives them money, and, which gives me the question: How much money do these guys have? Like, because they're paying off every single person on the line. Like, there's always gold just being thrown out. Yeah, like,
2: land's got a leprechaun. <laughs> we just we already know this.
1: <laughs> like,
0: he's just throwing out money left and right. Like, there's just so much. Like, and you know, there's no ATMs or anything like that. Like, I mean, it's just like. I, so I just always maybe wonder, like, how much? And you know, I always maybe wonder, like, is you know. Got the money um you know whether they have that much money or whether they, they can use the power to create money I don't know um at that's first
2: just... I want at first I really felt bad because I thought maybe moraine has been magicking like stones into money and making people think it was money until they got far enough away right I just like never said that because I don't want to make her <laughs> seem like an absolutely horrible person <laughs> but it's like is she just my Fucking these people for lack of better yeah. words. Like, is she yeah, actually look, giving any of the money? <laughs>
1: especially in this chapter, I, I, I vote we just got to be nice to Moraine because uh, <laughs> she's she's about to be a badass here in a couple seconds. So. <laughs> sure. I, I reject your statement about stones looking like gold. <laughs> Moraine is fantastic.
0: All right. So, so the gate starts to open and the white clucks show up. Uh, and we have this interchange, you know, between the guards and the and the white cloaks. We're like, you know, who who? What are you letting people out? You know, this is this. You know, you know the go- governor's ordered the gates closed. You know, what is this? What is this dark friendery <laughs> going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and and starts to kind of question all of them. Um, you know, they're obviously very suspicious, and they start to eye everybody. You know, Rand, what do you think about this interchange? Before we get to them noticing Rand. The Inquisition.
1: La la la. The Inquisition.
2: (laughs) The children of the light, the white cloak man who had first spoken said softly, hold sway wherever men walk in the light. Only where the shadow of the dark one reigns are the children denied. Yes? So he stated it as a question, but he's more or less making a statement. He's like, do you walk in the light? Like yeah. if you walk in the light, then you need to understand that we have sway here. Like we have control, we have power and we're questioning why these people want to leave the safety of the city this late at night. He even made sure. the comment, what kind of people want to leave the town walls in the night during times like these with wolves uh-huh. dark in the darkness and the dark ones, handiwork seen flying over the town. A northerner. Yes. Like the, the the interaction they already know. I feel like they know what's up.
0: And, and the Why dark works were... handi- Sure, I was say the dark handiwork flying over the. This, so, uh, had the white cloak spotted a drag car? Because I mean, we haven't heard the drag car for a while now. But obviously, something's in the sky. So I don't know if that's. Uh, do they know what a drag car is? You know, like it's one of those things <laughs> where, yeah,
2: right. That that those all those statements, but. Again, I'm gonna go back to our boy Finn. Like he, maybe he tipped them off. Maybe, like yep. I want my prediction to be right. Fain, <laughs> we'll yeah. never Fain. I'm sorry. We'll probably <laughs> yeah. never. We'll probably never figure it out. But at the end of the day, sure. like they have reason to be suspicious. I, I feel like, if anything, we should be more upset at the Watchmen who were like so easily put to work for a gold piece. Yeah. So like I kind of feel for the white cloak. I think they get a bad rap and I guess we won't find out <laughs> like book 14. Um, I'm stuck on book 14 tonight y'all. <laughs> okay <laughs> but um, I, I really do feel like <clears throat> the, the interaction here is quite interesting because they are challenging literally people's almost like belief in the light. Like, sure it kind of makes you wonder like who who's the good guy here like I'm, I'm so confused with who we should be rooting for at this point
0: sure Bella, <laughs> bella. root for bella 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 <laughs> <laughs> the underdog. sure so um brand tries to hide you know he's kind of hunching his shoulders over trying to look small and not be recognized and of course the white cloaks notice he's like what do we have here <laughs> and Steve's ran and, um, and and notices right around and says, oh, so you do have dark friends with you. We met this boy earlier. He um, says, all right, we'll go ahead and take them off your hands. You know, it, it, We're going to arrest them. We'll take them out. We'll ask them for questions. Thank you. Watch our town guard for doing your job. You guys have done great. Definitely. Um, we're we're going to go ahead and take these dark friends. And and this is now becomes my favorite line of this book. Moraine uh, interjects in and says, you will take me. You will question me. You will bar my way. <laughs> um, and, she's saying that, and as she's saying this, she's growing bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger <laughs> and like becoming this giant. Um, and the white Co- cloaks flip out. <laughs> like <laughs> they lose their collective shit. <laughs>
1: uh, 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 uh. No, I, I thought this was. Fantastic. I mean, obviously I've been waiting for this whole podcast just to get to these last couple of pages here. Um, I mean, other than Lan, there's nobody else in this group on either side that knew Moraine could even possibly do any of this. So it's not just the children of the light that are over there crapping their pants. I mean, Rand and all the boys and everything gotta be watching this like, holy fuck. Like, I don't know. very, very impressive. <laughs> And just right. like you said, I mean, you stole my thunder a little bit, but I reread that paragraph over and over again. Um, <laughs> she's <laughs> like, oh, you're going to take me to your camp, White Cloak? Me. Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, that just, you, have, like, you have lost your freaking mind. Like, that's, <laughs> I loved it. Right.
0: And, of course, then they yell, I said, I, they draw swords. And immediately, like I think Bornhold, which is the the head of the White Cloaks, he immediately slashes to attack, uh, you know, to slice at Moraine. And Moraine casually just lifts her staff up. And Ran thinks, like, oh crap, Moraine's dead. And then sparks fly, and the staff stops the blow uh, midway, sit, you know, and they go flying back, you know, flying back. You know, I can just, I, you know, I hope the TV show does one of these type of scenes because it's just this epic, <laughs> like, interchange, um, you <laughs> I mean, know, between yeah. them. Like, um, and, uh, uh, you know, they all they, they all run through the gate um, and they look back and see Moraine step over the wall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, like, I, I, I got to do it. We're going to go back just a step because you mentioned it for the TV show. The imagery of this particular point really draws me into going back to the earlier conversation about the fade, the way the magic that she has around her works. It said, the tendrils of smoke rose from Borenhald's sword on the ground beside him, blade bent at a right angle where it had been melted almost in two. So here you have like smoke, which we see as darkness, with black, literally destroying this man's blade. And then Moraine's voice roared like a whirlwind and it said shadow spun in on her. Like shadow though it is the beginning of the sentence, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: the word shadow is capitalized. It didn't say shadows in plurality. It said shadow like the shadow itself is being personified. Wow. The shadow spun in on her, draped her like a hooded cloak. She loomed as high as the town wall. So it's almost again like that embrace of darkness. Yeah. So, yeah, she is a badass. But what (laughs) makes her a badass? Like, where is this power coming from? Like, is she being embraced by the shadow, too? Like, is there a deeper connection with Moraine and the Fades? Like, is there a deeper connection with Thea Sedai and the Dark One? This scene brings a lot of questions to me. It's really my favorite scene of this whole chapter because... Again, thinking about the fact that he alludes to a lot of different things through his imagery. Here we have her literally taking five able-bodied men and making them piss their pants <laughs> using the power of the
0: shadow. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Moraine comes and joins them outside of the wall and Egwene uh, is amazed. Uh, Matt and Perrin are super nervous now. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> um, hey, and, just
1: get
0: uh, out of the way. Yeah, and a Moraine tells Agweed, "Oh, it's just a trick of 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 light, you know." So the question is: Did she really step over the wall, or was this just an illusion? Um, did she yeah. really grow, or was it just like kind of bending light to make her look, you know, like a trick, a mind trick, you know, kind of thing? Or
1: um, that's a great question, Alan. Yeah. Look, I'm
2: going to is she said there's no time for games. And what we gain in the sagging line, we may have lost here. So we're just going to continue. If only I could believe that the Jakar was on the ground with a self deprecation sniff, she added, or if only the midraw were truly blind. Like, She's sure. like, we gotta get the heck out of here. I just made a big scene, whether it was real or not, whether it was a trick or not. We need to go. We need to be off. Let's get the heck right. out of here. And then we mentioned, uh, the Camlin Road. Is that how you pronounce it?
0: Yeah, the Camlin
2: Road. Yeah. So I guess that's where we're headed to next, for sure. Yeah.
0: Sure. So they start making they start making their way down the Camlin Road, and uh, about an hour away from, they look back. And they see a, a burning in the in the distance, um, and and they notice the inn. Uh, they they know well, they figure it out, and Nynaeve is pissed. Um, you know she's like, she's like, you need to go back, and there are people probably dying back there, and you need to leave. And and Land says, um, and, and she's blaming Moraine for all this, and Land quickly butts in and says, it's not Moraine's fault. It's these three boys made it happen, like. Like, that's the whole reason all this is happening because of them, not because of her. Like, she's trying to save everything. Like, Lynn's definitely coming to Moraine's aid here. Like, don't blame her. <laughs> like, it's not her fault. <laughs> um, well, I
2: love it how they make he makes... The statement is made that they're in a war. Like, they're always in a war by definition because there's always dragons coming back. But now there's, like, this sense of, Urgency, like it's mm-hmm. if the war was more than just the false dragon, because he right. said, in, and in all probability, hand the dark one his victory. Like if they go back, these boys will be at his whim, or potentially mm-hmm. at his whim. And if he gets these boys, like we're going to be handing him the victory. So what's so important about these three that? They're gonna go through any links and let any amount of suffering occur. And If the boys are really that important, I got one of two, one question really, or two questions. Like, if they are that important, a, are they so important that they have to be saved and used, or are they so, impor- or are they so important that they should just be killed and be done with?
1: Yep. Yeah, and not risk the Dark One getting them at all.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, if you know, if, if we're being honest. If they don't have a purpose to defeat the Dark One, then why bother with them?
0: Sure. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Maureen does explain kind of her logic on why she doesn't want to go back uh, to naive, and uh, they they keep on riding. The city fades away, and and they finally get to a place where land lets them rest. It's obviously not a planned out camp um, like the previous times because this is not expected. You know, they're going to leave in the morning. Uh, this was an unexpected runaway kind of thing, um, and you get some interesting little dialogue here. You know, Matt asks. Uh, I love the fact that Matt asks about the badger. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder yeah. happened to have the badger. <laughs> a it, yeah, a little comic leaf, and, uh, and I love the line. Also, where Matt asks, uh, "Are we ever going to be safe again?" I just love that line. <laughs> yeah. So the question. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> are they? <laughs> um, and um. Uh, you know rand said they'll be safe once they get to Tar Valen. uh and Perrin is super skeptical about that
1: well and i think i think rand is too if he considers his dreams like there's no ga- well and even land told us he only trusts about half the people there so there's no guarantees it's going to be a tough road for a while
0: yeah. So after about an hour, they land wakes them all up and they continue on the journey. And tell land's on the edge, and it kind of ends with them traveling down the road, uh, towards Tarvala and uh, down the Camelon Road. So it's kind of where we end this chapter now. Um, you know, they, they've we've now left Baralon, we're continuing on our journey. Um, and any final thoughts or anything we might have missed?
2: No, not really. We know land's ready to go back to war, he's got his his cloak back on he's on high alert everybody's kind of on high alert he's not letting them sleep like he knows stuff is about to go down it's
0: just how serious are things gonna get next yeah so just as kind of a uh, since we are now moving to the next chapters uh most readers say that this is the major turning point in the first book so um like that we for the everything before this is world building or meeting characters. We're kind of doing other things now for the rest. It's like, so just kind of warn you guys, the rest of the book, hold on to your seat. And, uh, yeah.
2: And... Let's just say I flipped to the next page and I saw the, um, symbol at the beginning and I'm like, yes, Lord, this looks awesome.
1: exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm ready to read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah so yeah we're gonna get all into that next week um and things are gonna get real <laughs> so uh so yeah uh we have to wrap this up now so as always how you can find us uh, we can find us on social media it's facebook instagram twitter at the wheel reads we so can be contacted on by email at uh, the wheel reads at gmail.com um also please 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 consider joining our discord it's free it's fun we got a bunch of people in there. Um, I'm going to keep on plugging that on Twitter and stuff for that too for anybody else that might have missed or um, uh, forgets about it, but follows us on Twitter just because um, it's a fun conversation. Uh, it's a good way to interact with us. Uh, we have a lot of cool channels in there. We talk about all sorts of stuff. It's not just wheel time, time related. Um, of course, the majority of it is. Um, but you know, we do share funny memes and, and talk about other stuff as well. Uh, Ian shares cool pictures of his motorcycle and <laughs> lame he talks about swords here and there yeah that's not, that's, that's not lame swords are awesome so that's that's awesome uh and um you know and, and if anybody has stuff they want to talk about on that we're always happy to add channels and of that too for any of our people that join our discord so it's a fun way to just to interact um so please consider doing that like i said it's free it's fun um the other thing as well is we do have a, a Patreon um, it's at slash uh, the wheel reads. Um, it is a way for you guys to uh, support us in this. Just um, it, it, I mean, a shameless plug about that. All the funds for that go right back into just making this podcast better and back to you guys as well for right now. Obviously, if it gets really, really large, we might actually start taking some money off that, but it would be a long time before that happens. Um, I, I, there's equipment I want to buy. There's, there's software I want to buy um, um, helping us go to cons like Jordan con, uh, things like that. Obviously we can go to more of these type of things. If we have more uh, funds and things like that. Um, and then I want to start doing giveaways as well uh, to our Patriots, but also just to the community as well. We did a Twitter uh, giveaway a few months ago or last month uh, with the Wheel of time companion book. Um, I want to do more of those type of giveaways, whether it's swag from us, like uh, the We'll Read swag, or more books or stuff like that. I did a poll on Twitter, and people said they wanted books. Uh, of course, everyone loves these books, so um, that might be in the works as well, but obviously, financial support helps with all that. Um, uh, obviously, Patreon gets first dibs and all that one of the basic things you get to the lowest level is uh live, live episodes. So um, we are going to, we did it last week, we're going to start trying to do it on a more regular basis. Um, we're not going to do it every episode just because of uh, uh, the way our technology works and everything like that. But for some episodes we will be doing live for our Patreons only. So um, uh, if you guys want to actually listen to us, and listen to all the behind the scenes stuff and how horrible we are at this. it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, pre edit like uh, so there's there's a lot of uh stuff that gets cut out because uh because we definitely have a lot of awkward pauses and silences that you get to listen to if you uh listen to us live, and um and um also there's levels where you get uh, early releases as well um so you get to listen to us before everybody else does so you get a little special benefits there and then of course giveaways and other things so think about it um if you don't that's fine keep listening to us enjoy us uh there's no there's not it's not a hard push a hard sell it's just uh. Uh, if you feel so inclined um, that that will definitely go to making us better as a podcast and also uh, give more stuff to you guys as our listener listeners. Um, and as always, uh, please, please, please share, like, subscribe to us on any um, service you're listening to uh, tell your friends. If you have a friend that's on the fence about like reading all the time, and a lot of times people get into the series and they want someone to talk about, uh, I want to talk to, or, or if you're reading it for the first time or know someone's read the first time that wants a companion podcast, I think we're a great way of doing that because we are spoiler free, uh, because we have two first time readers as well here with us. So, you know, share that with your friends or if you're really passionate about all of time and you want to get people that haven't read it into it, you know, uh, you know, suggest us. Um, uh, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. So, um, that's all I got for this week. um, you guys have anything, last final words before we close up? Until next time.
2: Huh. All right. Uh, personally, I just want to give a, a, a great thank you to to Alan, since he has literally been driving this cart. Um, <laughs> he's been the horses. He's been the, the driver. <laughs> literally, Ian and I just get to sit in the, the carriage and chillax. <laughs> All we have to do is open our mouth and go on Discord here and there, but Alan's really put a lot of work into it, so just wanted to give him a little bit of appreciation here and uh yeah absolutely
0: peace out everybody
1: it's a fun ride
0: yeah (laughs) it's been fun all right till next time guys thank you for listening to the wheel of reads see y'all next time